I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 32, Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football, if I do say so myself. As always, I am your humble host, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can drop an email at DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many options to get involved, get in touch. Let me know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. If you've got any questions, it's all good in the hood. Hope you're enjoying this series, Building the Big Board, where we are helping you get ready for your rookie drafts, breaking down two prospects at a time. Introduced a new guest yesterday's episode that was obviously Brandon Angelo. He is amazing. Hope you enjoyed yesterday. If you didn't enjoy, go back and check it out if you haven't seen it yet. We got two more prospects for you today. And yeah, I'm excited. Let's get to it. Something is wrong with you. I got a fever. Adam himself could not resist the temptation of rookie fever. We're going to move on then to our second set of players here some interesting interesting dudes to talk about again traitsy kind of backs that could be divisive i'm sure there's some people out there super high on these guys and some people that are probably super low but first and foremost we are talking tyler body i think it's body i like to say body i'm not sure if it is body but i like to say body because it, it just sounds awesome so i feel like he's got one of the cooler nicknames him and like snoop connor i mean those are some cool that's names. a great name so Snoop Connor and Tyler Batty are probably lined up for the 101s as far as cool names in this um, rookie in a running back class. But right. he is out of Missouri. He was a Tiger, and he is a senior as well. So we've gone past the juniors. There was like a whole run of junior running backs. Now we're into the seniors, it seems like. So he's a three-star recruit from Briarcrest Christian, Memphis, Tennessee. He's only five foot eight, 197. So he's very small. He's a short dude. Um, he ran a 4.45 at the combine 33 and a half inch vert 10 foot one inch broad um he was a multi multi-sport athlete in high school so he played football and basketball and when he went to so when he got to college he was stuck behind larry roundtree the third for his first few years there in missouri so missouri does sort of tend to utilize a bell cow back so he was sort of stuck behind larry roundtree getting the bulk of the carries there and he was just sort of jumping in as like an occasional pass catching back or a situational back. Um, he was always more involved in the passing game even than Larry. So just so we don't scare you off, because I know Larry got to the NFL and didn't do hardly anything last year. But um, yeah, his senior year, he did take over the backfield and kind of really smashed it. Like he took over that bell cow role. He got all the work and he did really, really well with it. His senior year, he had 268 attempts for 1,612. 12 yards, which is six yards per carry and 14 touchdowns. Um, he also chipped in with 54 receptions for 330 yards, which is 6.1 yards per reception and four touchdowns. So as you can see, got a lot of receptions, which is nice to see again, if we're thinking and projecting for NFL in his total career, he had 513 attempts for 2,748 yards, five point yards 
5.4 yards per carry and 23 touchdowns and 126 receptions for 1,149 yards, 9.1 yards per reception and 11 touchdowns. So I'm going to throw it over to B-Dog Angelo here. He is going to give his expert analysis on Tyler Batty. I think he's one of those guys who's a home run waiting to happen. Uh, kind of like Matt Breida, kind of in that mold where, you know, you, you see the build, obviously not a super big guy, you know, 5'8", under sub, like sub 200 pounds, but he's somebody who can take his house and any play. And these are going to be guys that are going to be more so role-specific, you know, secondary or tertiary backs in the NFL. Um, probably won't have too big of an impact in terms of fantasy, but they're guys that will have that role of being the home run threat. Um, they'll get some complimentary carries, but – uh, I think he's a fun player. I think we're talking about real NFL. He's going to be someone you're going to like to watch, like Matt Breida. Um, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so like Tariq Cohen. But, yeah, I think he's one of those – I don't think he's got the pass-catching upside as a guy like Cohen in terms of being a pure receiver. But I think he's going to be someone who's going to find an NFL role as that tertiary guy. Um, I don't – like I said before, not sure if we're going to be you know putting in our fancy lineups anytime soon. But I'll be interested to see if he gets any capital, period. If he's going to be a guy who gets drafted this year. Because, again, this draft is really deep, full of guys who are, you know, 205 to 210 and are running in the 4-4s and 4-5s. Like we're talking, let's say, like a Keontae Ingram versus a Tyler Batty. You know, who's the NFL going to project more? The guy who's 5'10", 5'11", 221 pounds and runs 4-5-3? Or a guy like Tyler Batty, who's a little quicker, obviously, but is sub 200 pounds. Um, in terms of role, you're probably projecting the guy like Ingram, the guys built like him, the Kevin Harris's, the Jerome Ford's over guys like Batty. But I like Batty in terms of you know, real life football, watching him move around the field, man. He's just, he's just quick. He's small. He's, he's really dramatic with his movement too. He's just one of those guys who breaks guys down and uh, he can go to distance in any play. So he's fun to watch. So um, in terms of fantasy, I, I'm not really looking at him as a fantasy asset, but more for me, man, and just real life football and enjoy him. He's he's someone who's who's fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. I think I think you really nailed it there. I think, um, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because you're really genuine and honest with your breakdowns. And when somebody is maybe better for the real NFL than for our fantasy, you're not afraid to say that. I think sometimes we get overly excited and we want to paint this rosy picture of every single prospect being like a breakout waiting to happen. And of course, it could happen. Of course, it could because. You've seen what he did this year as a senior um, for Missouri. He had a really productive year. You see the the traits and the tenacity. I mean, I definitely love watching him, you know, in the open field. He's really just, he's got a lot of moves. You know, he's very like jittery and quick twitchy and kind of like he he runs a lot harder and a lot, fa- a lot more like powerful than your his size would suggest you know he's five eight but he runs up into a wall of like three or four defenders and he's just churning away trying to get that extra yard so he's a really fun guy to watch um definitely somebody that you know could do something at the next level but i think to your point you know it's 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 hard when you're projecting that and you're certainly not i was certainly am not going to be taking any serious swings at him with draft with draft capital in my rookie drafts um he's one of those guys like you said it's easy to root for and you know it could very easily be like a, for me last year i really loved Jarrett patterson um it was similar you know very short very small 
uh, he was very prolific in college, but came from a lesser conference, didn't get drafted, got picked up by the Washington, well, at the time, the Washington football team. And I had him like all my rosters because I was able to get him just like the end of the fourth round or just even after the rookie draft to scoop him up, you know, off the waiver wire or something like that. Um, you know, for me, I liked what I saw, but I also had a little bit of concerns. I thought, you know, I thought that he tended to lower his head a lot on contact. I thought that he was a little bit upright with his running. Um, he can catch, but he wasn't great at it. Like, I didn't think he was like, you can see the volume of his pass catching and you think, wow, he's he's a good pass catcher. But when you actually watch the tape, most of it's just dump offs or just kind of like, you know, the the quarterback's in trouble and they're just like, pitching it out to him which is still fine it's still good it's still valuable but i don't think he's somebody that's going to be majorly utilized at that in the next level as far as like being split out and running routes and things like that um but that would just be my sort of take on it um i would sort of look at if he does get drafted i think that's a real win for him like i think that'd be really solid for him so to me the best case scenario i'm sort of looking at him as like a third round flyer like i'd be willing to like throw a third on him um if he's getting drafted where you can see him being the second or you know second back or somewhere where there's like a murky backfield because i can see a path to relevance and because i do see some traits there that would be you know able to be utilized in that in that sort of running scheme but yeah i think you know i think last year kind of reminds me of like javion hawkins from louisville um i loved hawkins in terms of his his big playability um, I thought he was going to have actually a bigger impact than he did on the Atlanta Falcons. And, and they ran primarily a lot of outside zone last year. Um, I think one of the highest rates in the league. But for me, I, I think it's tough to see because those guys aren't getting a ton of run right now. Like the, the smaller, the smaller running backs um, outside of guys like obviously Austin Eckler, um, like Christian McCaffrey is like 205 pounds, not even small, like, People think he's like a small back. He, no, Christian McCaffrey's a well-built dude. And all these guys, one thing I want to say too is all these guys don't play at their listed weights. Like we're talking about, like Brees Hall does not play at 217. He plays closer to 230, okay, 227 to 230. Um, I saw reports that he, he dropped like 11 pounds for the combine. Right. So we're talking about this athletic testing here. So we're talking from like, like I'm, I'm in sports performance. That's the field I, I work in. These guys are getting ready and prepared for this moment. So they're doing whatever they can to prepare for that moment. And a lot of that means slimming down, gaining weight, hiring, hiring special coaches for X, Y, Z. That's the thing too, is NFL teams know that like they kind of want to see what they're going to show up at though. Like it, it's also a performance thing of can you perform at the weight that you just prepared for? Um, and that's, you know, a little bit of a tangent, not on Tyler Batty, but uh, for me, I think it's tough to see him getting capital at all. I think he's going to be a sixth, sixth round guy at the earliest. I'd be shocked if he goes before that, but I think he's going to be a, an, un, like a UDFA. Um, and I don't think he's going to be someone we're going to be, you know, talking about, in our in our rookie drafts at all um but let's say he does get you know fifth round fourth round capital so then let's say he sneaks in that day too then yeah then we're then we're then if a team's gonna put that you know put that type of capital and that kind of money on the table for him um then i think we're looking at a guy who's gonna have a role whether that role is a large one or not like we saw Ramondre stevenson you know like going back to that he had a pretty decent role as rookie year I don't think Batty will have any type of volume, but I, th- I think as an efficiency back, as someone who can be a change of pace option, I think he can do that in the NFL. 
Yeah, absolutely. So best case scenario, if he gets that fourth, fifth round capital, happy to throw like a, some sort of a mid third or something like that on him. But if he goes to the, if he slips through the cracks and he's in UDFA, keep an eye on him, see where he attaches himself, you know, in the NFL, and then certainly scoop him off the waivers if you've got a soft spot in your heart for him or if you've got space on the bench. Um, so we've covered Tyler Batty, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, <laughs> see what I did there, and we're going to move right along then to my next player that we're discussing, and it is actually one of my favorite favorite sleepers in the class and it is Pierre Strong Jr. So Pierre Strong Jr. He is a jackrabbit out of Dakota. <laughs> is it wait, is it North Dakota or South Dakota? I always get confused. I believe it's South Dakota. State. South Dakota, yes. South Dakota I think, State. I, I, I think so. I, I, yeah. yeah. I want to say you're right. South Dakota State Jackrabbit. Um, He's a senior and he was a zero-star recruit from Little Rock, Arkansas. He's 5'11", 207. So he managed to pass over that 200-pound threshold. But I think we knew that. I think we knew he sort of hovered around the 200, just over the 200-pound mark when he played and stuff like that. Um, Now, he did light up the combine there. He actually tied for the fastest uh, 40 time in the whole combine at 437, which is wild for a running back. 36 inch vert and very, very solid, and a 10 foot 4 inch broad jump. So the vertical and the broad jump and things like that, just for a little bit behind the scenes there, I guess it really just speaks to like their. Um, their burst and their sort of like their ability to create from nothing. So they're kind of like short area burst and their explosiveness. I think that's what we're looking at. That's why we get excited about their, their verticals and their broad jumps, not because we're expecting them to compete in the Olympics, but just, just in case anyone was wondering there, cause I know that can sound confusing. Like, why do you care what their vert is? They're not going to be jumping like that in the NFL. Probably. Uh, he was a two sport athlete. He did compete in track and field, which is not surprising when you see the four, three, seven forty. Um, and in South Dakota state. So at, South Dakota State is uh, an FCS school, so they're not a big school traditionally. They're not a Georgia. They're not an Ohio State. So he has had a lot less fanfare sort of going into this process, not as many people talking about him or um, kind of like applauding him for what he's accomplished. But, I mean, if you look at the what he actually did in college, is pretty impressive, pretty incredible. Um, he had 630 attempts for 4,495 yards and 38 touchdowns. Um, he also had 63 receptions for 600 receptions receiving yards and two touchdowns. So as we've mentioned, as we touched on there, he comes from a smaller school. And so maybe not a lot of people excited about him because you probably wouldn't have seen him much if you're watching college football during the year. Um, Obviously people who are real draft Knicks or like just real Debbie heads, they probably know a little bit about him or they're probably fairly aware of him. But some, when I was digging into the film and looking at this class, he's one of the guys that really just stood out to me because when so for me anyways and i'll let obviously b dog here uh chime in in a minute because he's the far superior film analysis um connoisseur but you know when you're looking at film especially when you're trying to look at like smaller school guys and stuff you're more looking at like traits and stuff and you're thinking how does that project to the next level because obviously they're going to obviously they're going to play a higher level of competition if they get to the nfl than fcs so you're wanting to look at things like what is their vision like and what are the you know mechanics like in their running and and what are they doing you know are they athletic enough to compete at the next level which obviously he's answered those questions in the combine he's smashed the combine what i really love about pierre strong when you watch him is 
first and foremost, he has like a really good solid build, but he's like that nice kind of like the mix between he's not a big bruising back. He's not a big like a Brees Hall who's like two, like we talked about, it could be 225, you know, 230. He's not a big bulky guy like that, but he's not a little tiny slight Tyler Batty, James Cook character either. He's kind of that real nice in between. He's got a bit of build to him. So you imagine that and you can see that he's been able to hold up to a serious workload and make some damage in the run game. But he's also quick. He's also speedy. He's got twitch to him. Um, he's got really good patience. I always notice that when I'm watching him. He's got really good patience, allowing his blocks to create and to um to make stuff happen before he tries to hit the hole. But then when he hits the hole, it's pretty sudden. He's got a suddenness and um a burst about him he gets into the second level really quickly and people are scrambling to catch up to him scrambling to keep up with that and you can see that again when we talk about his vert his broad jump you see that explosiveness come out in the testing that you can see on film he's very smooth he's just like a really smooth runner he seems like a really mature running back prospect somebody who just um understands the game at quite a high level he has a really solid football intelligence um you know, obviously he's not perfect. He's not like, I'm not saying he's the second coming of Saquon Barkley. I'm just talking about the things that I see in his game that I think transfer to the next level. I didn't say things I didn't like about him or not even that I didn't like things that I saw as deficiencies that he does need to work on. Again, he wasn't asked to do much pass protection. And I don't think at South Dakota state. So really it was hard to see him do any. And then when you did see it, it didn't look like it was a strength of his game, but given his athletic ability, given his intelligence, given his, um, his, his abilities in general, I don't imagine that'll be something that'll be hard for him to work on, something that'll be hard for him to pick up, but it is certainly not something that would be a strength of his game at this point. I did see him run fairly upright at times, um, which you would like to see him work on his pad level. Again, that could probably be a coaching thing. Um, you know, there was a couple other little things, not to get too nitpicky, that, you know, I didn't love about the way he ran or anything like that. But overall, um, and another thing that's really underrated, I mean, he runs with a hoodie at times. So I think that the drip factor here we've got to factor in when we're looking at our evaluations and um, Pierre Strong Jr. I mean that's a pretty solid name as well so I think when you look at all that kind of stuff um, you know, I think he's going to be one of those steals of the draft. I think that he could like, you know, go a little bit later in the draft possibly because of where he comes from um, and because of his background and things like that. But I think the team that gets him could be getting a really solid prospect. And, but then I think that'll translate possibly to your rookie drafts. I think you could be end up getting a really solid sneaky pick. Uh, somebody who's got that ability, got some traits and got the build that could actually, he, you know, I think he could be a three down back if he was given the role at the next level but i certainly think he can at least compete and he can at least bring something to a running back room at the next level but again i will defer to the expert here tell me where i'm wrong or if you wish agree with me wholeheartedly what are your thoughts on pierre strong jr i haven't watched that much of pierre strong but the little i have seen it, it's the explosiveness and that kind of showed up at the combine as well right and that's the one thing you kind of want that's the box you want to check on tape um is hey does he have the same does he have the same speed, acceleration capability, top end speed that he showed at the combine? And we're talking about vertical jump, broad jump. Did he test as well as some of these SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12 guys? Um, and the answer is yes. I, I, I think he, he checked those boxes for NFL teams that he can hang with them athletically. In terms of on the field, that's one thing you, you don't know yet, right? You know, with the SDSU, uh, he didn't he didn't play against the Alabamas. He didn't play against you know the Ohio State of the world. Um, so he didn't play against high level competition. So you, you don't know how he's going to stack up, um, athlete on athlete. 
um, until he gets the NFL level and he's in training camp. So uh, he's another guy I think is going to be a fifth, fifth, sixth, seventh round guy, maybe on maybe UDFA. Um, I think the earliest we see him go is mid fifth round. Um, I think he's an explosive prospect that can be groomed into a, a pretty solid like secondary committee option, I think, in the NFL offense. That's what I kind of envision him being um, is a solid NFL runner who has the ability to, you know, to hit the home run. That's a secondary guy. I don't think he's going to be someone who's going to hold on to a long term um, three down NFL role. Not all these guys are. But can they be productive? Can they fit into an NFL system? And can they hold a job for a long time? I don't have the answer to that, but I think he's someone that if he does improve and if he shows he can play in the NFL level, he can have an NFL role. Um, and because of his explosive capabilities, athleticism, and the fact that he's a pretty mature runner, as you mentioned, he's over 600 carries in college. Um, there's some tread in the tires, but that also means he's an experienced athlete like we saw with kind of Darrington Evans in a couple classes ago was there wasn't a ton of experience with him. And he was a, I think Darrington was a third round pick, but we saw the explosive capability, the speed. Um, and we saw the combine, obviously, um, and, you know, the Titans drafted him pretty early. So anything can happen. You know, if, if a team falls in love with a guy like that, smaller school back, um, good athlete, want to groom him into something that they feel can be a pretty good role, then yeah, I think, we should be paying attention to that, especially guys like that from smaller schools that don't get the NFL scouts going to their games at SDSU, right? So I think that's that's important. So, but yeah, so I'm excited to see what he can do um, in NFL training camp and how he looks in preseason for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think as far as my rookie draft grade for him, I mean, if we're living like, like again, I'm going to try, I thought about it after our episodes with Garrett there, and I'm going to try and give like a best case, worst case scenario because we don't know at this stage. And the truth is draft capital landing spot does matter um, with all these running backs. So for, for me, if Pierre Strong, you know, the, the dream, he gets like this, like, you know, fourth round draft capital or something like that. You know, some team falls in love with him. He goes somewhere fourth round draft capital, really low, like just a great situation. It looks like they're obviously going to use him. They obviously want him there. Um, I would be willing again, because he's one of my guys, because I like him a lot. I'd be willing to reach up into the very, into the late second round for him. Um, if that is the scenario, if he is a sixth or seventh round pick and he goes to like Chicago, um, you know, just for, cause they already have a couple of running backs, not because sure. Chicago sucks. So just, you know, don't, don't hate me. Um, no, but if he okay. goes to like, you know, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, if, if he goes to work. Chicago with like sixth round draft capital or something like that, um, then again, he's probably in that third round flyer sort of category, somebody that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. And if I've only got one or two third round picks and I'm needing a running back, I'll be happy to reach up into the early third for him because I believe in the talent and I believe in the abilities, but not somebody that I would be, I, I wouldn't be advocating you reaching in the second round for him if he's got a sixth round draft capital or especially if he's not an un, undrafted free agent you know sure. would you agree with that or where are you at with him as far as rookie drafts yeah i think so i think these guys are kind of waiting to see especially smaller school guys you want to see you know how high they go and you know we talk about you know, one of the smaller school guys that's been blowing up the combine malik willis i mean i mean there's a guy who goes to liberty and who might be the first quarterback off the board right that plays a lot more than if you're you know a, someone who goes to liberty or or, you know, like San Jose State University, um, San Diego State, wherever it is, smaller schools and that they get drafted a little later, then it's like, okay, well, then we got to look, look out for the capital and see what they can do in an NFL training camp. But if an NFL team believes in someone to give them capital in Malik Willis' case, early, mid-first round, and, you know, 
in his case too, in Pierre Strong Jr.'s case, if he gets fifth, fourth round capital, that means, you know, an NFL team kind of sees a potential role for him pretty soon. Absolutely. So there you go. Two more interesting, intriguing options to keep an eye on and to at least be aware of heading into your rookie drafts. Well, there you have it. Another episode in the bag. Hopefully you found that useful and helpful as you're preparing for your rookie drafts. Hopefully you're not too mad at us if you're massive Tyler Batty fans. Either way, stick with us. We're going to be talking more prospects. We'll be back again tomorrow, getting you ready with two more prospect breakdowns. It is all killer, no filler on the road to the draft. A draft zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. I forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. <laughs>